soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And let the people sing praises. We just need perspective that the Lord could come for us right now. And when we get comfortable on earth, we tend to be less inclined for the kingdom to come. But when we're really agitated and going through trials and tribulations, we tend to be more desirous of the Lord to come. But either way, whether we want him to come or don't want him to come, whether we are looking forward to eternity or not looking forward to eternity, eternity is coming. And it's coming for all of us. So all humanity, the sun's coming. Each one of us individually. 180,000 people step into eternity today. I believe that's the round number approximately. 180,000 people stepped into eternity today. It's a lot of people stepping into eternity. It's the way it is. So the exhortation is to be watching ready, not in a negative way, but in a good way. Just in a good way. Think how football, fans of football can't wait for the draft to see who their first round draft pick is for the Patriots or the Chargers or the Rams. It's like, Come on, man. Let's be excited about the king coming and establishing the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? For real. Like, what we get excited about, there's nothing more worthy to be excited about than Jesus Christ coming for us. That's it. So moving on, he says this. Peter said, verse 41, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? That's a good question. Peter's never afraid to speak up, is he? And Peter's like, okay, hang on a time out. Hang on a second. And the Lord said to him in verse 42, who then is that faithful and wise servant, uh, steward, whom his master will find ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? In other words, who's being faithful? Well, verse 43, blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, hmm, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat, drink, and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and at an hour when he's not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not um, prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes, but he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall um, be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required, and to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five and one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father and mother against daughter and daughter against mother-in-law, mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It is interesting when Jesus spoke after Peter asked the question, 
is this just for us or for everybody? Jesus doesn't even answer. You catch that? Jesus does that. You know, like, you know, a lot of times when people ask Jesus questions, he asks them questions. Let me ask you this. The baptism of John is of, of men or of God, right? You know, it's like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming, right? So Peter asks him a question and God, the Lord Jesus doesn't really answer it. He just keeps on rolling like, hmm, okay? And just keeps going like an orientation, like, ah, uh, and keeps going. And I like that because, you know, sometimes we're praying to the Lord. Lord, uh, is it, and, and like the Lord's like, he didn't, it seems like there's silence. Just, just listen, you know, what's he saying? And uh, think about it, reflect upon it, and consider what it means to you in your life and your relationship with the Lord. So Peter never got the answer. We know what Jesus said. Part of that was what we just studied was for the disciples, followers of Christ. But this, Jesus doesn't answer it. He just says, who then is that faithful and wise steward? Who, and, you know, and you know me well enough to know I say this fairly often. Who is that faithful and wise servant? Like, KNS, you know, who is it? Like, I want to be that person. You want to be that person. Like, the Holy Spirit knows this day, like, it wouldn't be hard for the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's, it's already known. Holy Spirit, distinguish on this day on planet Earth, 8 billion people, who is the faithful steward and who is not. It's as easy as knowing who's born again and who's not to identify by God's uh, knowledge who, who really is faithful in that way. And it's easy to start off strong and then slack off and put it in, in autopilot or cruise control. That servant says, ah, you guys get to work, do your job, whatever, and, and just get uh, lazy, for lack of a better term, and not be sharp to get fuzzy and lose your focus and not be sharp about the purpose of the day, the value of the day, and the things God wants to do with this day, the doors that are open, the doors that are closed, and the opportunities and redeeming the time for the days are evil. It's really easy to find cruise control. And again, more often than not, it's when things are going good that we find cruise control. In fact, God warned Israel about when they're well taken care of about departing from the Lord in the Old Testament in the Mosaic Covenant. He said, you know, when you guys things got good, you're going to harden your hearts and whatever. And God even reproved through the, uh, through the prophets. He said, but Israel grew fat and lazy. He actually used that terminology uh, in the things of God. And, and so um, he used terminology that we can all understand. We're, we're exhorted in this passage because, again, he said, who is that faithful servant? And then he said in verse 43, blessed is that servant. So, again, he said previously, blessed is that servant. And here, again, he says, blessed is that servant. So, to be the servant of the Lord that's watching and ready for the return of the Lord, Jesus says that's a blessing. And to be the servant who is faithfully doing what God's entrusted to him, Jesus says that is the blessing. So, the question arises, what is it? that God has for us to be doing, that we are under the blessing and that we really are being faithful because these are parabolic uh, contexts here, these stories. What does that mean to us on August 11th in you know, 2018? What does that look like for the church here? Well, when we think about God's will, those New Testament writings are very clear, like there's a universality of what our sanctification looks like and growing as a follower of Christ. Put off the old man, put on the new man, you know, let no more coarse jesting, filthy speaking come from your mouth, but rather words that are edifying and comforting for those who hear that. It's like Ephesians and Colossians and stuff like that. So it's, it's not really difficult to understand the type of character that reflects Christ in a day-to-day life for women and men 
who confess Jesus Christ. That's not that difficult. Um, it's, it's very clear. But then we say, okay, well, the will of the Lord, like personally, what that will looks like, it does vary from person to person when we're trying to discern God's will. I mean, our own family, we're praying for God's timing on the grandbaby to be born. In our own family, you know, Timmy came back from Norway. The day he comes back, his old job is offered to him by the uh, Harley Tugs up in uh, Dutch Harbor in Alaska, but that's not really where, you know, he, he doesn't feel led that way. We're waiting on the Lord. Connor's boss says he can maybe get a job. Uh, you know, he's just trying to discern what God has. He's, he's just had the flight from Europe. He's like, Dad, what do I do? And I was like, listen, email your former boss up in Alaska. Tell him you just got back. You're nine hours out of the time zone and you'll, you'll get a good night's sleep and get back with them. I said, Luke, Timmy, you just got to have a good night's sleep, spend some time with the Lord, and determine what you want to do. And sure enough, the next day, you know, middle of the day, is like, yeah, I don't want to go back to Alaska. But trying to discern God's will, you know. And I'm thinking like, you know, as a dad, I'm like, oh, I just, you know, my son hasn't worked for three months. I want to see him working, you know. And, uh, but Jennifer's like, well, yeah, but do we want him on a ship in the middle of Alaska with five other guys on a tug, you know, for the next two months? Don't we want them around the church, people that love the Lord? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, who knows? Who's sufficient to know? How can we know? Timmy needs to know. He needs to seek the Lord. Then he got the job and off he goes. You know, through Connor, it all worked out, you know, and it's good. It's a good thing, but we don't always know. When you apply for colleges, like Jack, you probably apply for more than one, right? I mean, unless you just hit the payload right off the bat, you know, it's like, our kids have applied for colleges. It's like all of our kids, two, three, four colleges. You know, it's like Cal State Fullerton, UCI, right? You know, San Diego State, these things. And, and they cost money every time you apply, too, right? You know, it's not that much money, but still, it's like, um, you're just trying to figure out God's will. But you got to go for it. You got to take steps of faith. You got a vision. You got to take the first step in the direction of the vision. You can't be afraid. You can't be crippled by fear or unbelief. You got to go for it, man. You got to go for it. Who is that faithful wise servant? So we know the character of Christ is always part of being that faithful servant when the master returns. That if we're growing in Christ and we're reflecting the character of Christ, woman or man, young girl, young man, uh, older woman, older man, if we're reflecting the character of Christ, that's always in and that's always God's will. But how that plays out in our personal lives, that's part of the journey. And that's why we're meant to depend upon the Lord to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then he'll add to us the things that we need for our life. But he does say that, um, that the master who knew, verse 47, the will and did not prepare himself, that one's going to get a beat down, a more severe beat down. And so then he says, to whom much is committed, there's a greater accountability. And then like, your first response might be like, wow, man, that's heavy. Like who wants to have that extra accountability? Listen, man, this, this is where I really speak from my heart as a dad, uh, as a former pro athlete, as an Olympic coach, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a husband married for 30 years. Listen, man, you cannot ever move from fear in fear. You need to move from faith and have faith. You cannot be afraid to take the shot. You need to be relentless and, and fully all in and going for it. You cannot double clutch and overthink it. You need to just absolutely go after it. That's what you need to do. The just woman shall live by faith. The just man shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There is an element of not knowing in everything God does, not knowing exactly how it's going to play out, but knowing who is in charge of it and calling us to do it as it does play out. You got to go for it. 
How many people regret their life near the end when they realize they didn't take the steps of faith and they didn't go on that mission trip when they could have when they were young and they, and they resisted the call of the Lord this way and they didn't make themselves available for that and it was always next week or next month or next year I'm going to do this. Man, life is short. You got to go for it. We need to go for it with the Lord. Just go set up for labor of love. Try and get someone to go to Harvest Crusade with you. You know, like you got to go for it. We have to go for it. We can't be in fear because what we want to be found doing when the Lord comes back is doing his work. Just being who we are meant to be in Christ. Being faithful wherever he's planted us to reflect Christ and not being ashamed of Christ and, and being just in tune with how he wants to use us in the environment and the places that he's put us. So we say, who is that faithful and wise servant? Well, we're told in Colossians, whatever we do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And I'll tell you this much about the quality, the, the wise servant. That woman does a quality job at whatever she does as unto the Lord. That man does a quality job. When the Lord comes back, it's as basic as this. He finds you going to work on time. And he finds you going to work with the right attitude. He finds you going to work doing the job right. He finds you going to work and making the workplace a better environment than how you found it. He finds you moving on from that job to the next job, that that work environment was better that you worked there than it was before you ever came, and you've left it better. That's easy stuff. That's not, it's not complicated. It's simplicity. It's the, it's the quality. It's the simplicity of doing a good job as best you know how, whatever God's called you to do. Under promise and over deliver. Show up early. Do the job right. Or this morning... As I saw Timmy going to work early to go to Long Beach Harbor, put your boots on and be on time and do what the boss tells you to do. And that's going to honor the Lord. That's what God wants. That's how we do it. That's what he honors. That's going to be blessed by the Lord. We had a guy working on the shed, getting it ready for Timmy because we did some new things with the shed. And he comes from a missionary family in a foreign country. And he showed up early. He looked at it and he says, I can do this, this, and this. He actually looked at it a week ago and said, I can do that for this amount of money at this wage an hour. All right. Shows up when he said he'd show up. Does the job he said he would do. Did it extremely well. Was not able to finish it because there's a couple little things with the trim that he couldn't finish. We basically knocked out a wall and put in a new door for Timmy in the shed because it was a two-bedroom shed. We cut off the part that's not insulated for storage, gave him a wall where the AC all works. Now he's got his little pad. It's like a granny flat kind of, but without a restroom. And, um, but it's his space. And then the guy says, I'll be back tomorrow to finish the job. And the hours exceeded what I bid, but I'm not going to charge you for that because I told you I was going to do it for this price. Man, you know, God bless people like that in the year of our Lord, 2018 who actually keep their word? You know, it's hard for me to watch all these football coaches that commit to five-year contracts when they get a better offer in two years, they leave this school in the Mountain West to go to that school in the Southeast Conference. I mean, John Wooden was a coach at UCLA because he said he would do it, and then the job he really wanted was Minnesota in the Big Ten, and that call came an hour later after he committed to UCLA, and he did not change his word. He went to UCLA, and the rest is history. We do our job. Who's that faithful, wise servant? The one who shows up on time, listens, and does the job. For the last two days, I watched Timmy start his new job. He needed to be there at 8. He's up at 5.30 in the morning getting ready. A little pot of coffee, flat top, old school style, like he's on a ship. And he's out the door 
work. He says, no, as long as we take them to get to work in Long Beach. You never show up late the first day. You should never show up late ever. And then today, Connor said, you know, you know, it's an orientation, it's computer work, but he said they might just throw us on the boat. He's putting his boots on. Isn't there something beautiful about watching your adult son leave the house early? Bruce, you know what I'm saying? Putting the boots on and going to work on a Saturday morning, second day of the job. That's what I'm talking about right there. Do your job and do it well. That's the faithful wise servant. The character of Christ and a job well done. A job well done with the character of Christ. Let Christ be glorified in everything you do and let your reward be from the Lord. Whether or not men reward or not doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. The Lord knows our faithfulness. When he comes and sets everything straight, he's going to set it straight. In a culture of entitlement and enablement where people don't keep their words, man, if you and I, and we raise our children and our grandchildren to do the same thing, and we step into eternity that the character of our words, the character of our life is Christ, and the fruit of our character is faithfulness to the task that we've committed to, we have lived a good, full life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, watch my wife get up. That motorcycle go by at five to six every morning. That'd be like the alarm clock going off Monday through Friday. The motorcycle goes by. My wife would get up no matter what. No matter what, migraine headache, no matter what's going on, she'd get up, she'd be out that door at a certain time, and she'd unlock that door at 7.15 in the morning at 3800 South Fairview Avenue to open the office for MCA Elementary and Calvary Chapel Junior High School every single day. And she would often be the last person leaving when the job was done. And she also could compartmentalize what wasn't done, right? Me, I think about it all night, like, she'd just be like, no, it'll be there tomorrow at 7.15, right? Man, that's the best witness. What if, we've been studying Peter on Tuesday nights. What does God say through Peter? Hey, do your job, and, and if you get beat up or you have trouble for doing good, good for you, there's a blessing in it. But if you get beat up for being late for work and being stupid and evil, that's your own problem. That has nothing to do with the Lord. Quality job. The world does quality job usually with the effort to get more money. We do a quality job because we want to glorify Christ. And when he finds that master, when the master comes and finds those faithful servants, if you're just treating people properly and you're treating the people you serve properly and you're a servant leader and it's not about how to make more money from them as their consumers, but their souls, and you see them as souls that God cares about and sent his son to die for, when you see them that way, you are living life because you've lost your life and you've found it in Christ. Because when you see people that are lost souls instead of consumers that you can take from, you have found life. You have found the life that's to be made and lived in Christ. Christ isn't a means to an end, and people aren't a means to an end. Christ is the end. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher. Let the Lord find us doing what we are called to do. And in the end, we saw there in verse 49 through 53, that sort of bonus verse where he said, I came to set a fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. It's like, yeah, because there is a contrast between people living for the Lord and people not living for the Lord. And even if you're the best employee, some companies just don't want you there. Even if you're the best neighbor imaginable, some people don't want that. They don't want the person living for eternity living next door to them. And what can you do? And even if you're the best daughter-in-law someone could be, or the best daughter someone could be, or father or father-in-law, 
Christ divides, and he certainly divided this generation of Israel. And what can you do? I mean, what can you do? The world's already divided between faith and unbelief. Christ just makes the distinction more clear. And there is a division. There's a division. The worldview of Greg Glory and Harvest Crusade is a definite worldview that most of what takes place at Fashion Island and the people that go there. If you're not familiar with the story, there's threats against Fashion Island and they took down the billboards and all that. It was national news. You just Google it. It's Fox News, national, it's local news. And it's good for Greg. He just gets more publicity. More people are coming to the stadium next week for sure. And Greg's like, all right. You know, it's like Chuck's someone up there going, ha, 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 ha. You know, it's just like he catches the wiser own craftiness, right? But there's always going to be conflict. We can't. What are you going to do? And we close off with these last few verses. Then he said to the multitude, so now he shifts gears. He didn't tell Peter who he's speaking to, but now he's speaking to the multitude. He says, whenever, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, hey, there's a coastal eddy. No, there, there will be hot weather, and there it is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern time, this time? Yes, and why, even of yourselves, do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, that is the judge, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there until you have paid the very last might. Now, this is a funny passage on the back end of this chapter. I, it's not funny, like, ha-ha, it's a little peculiar. Like, and I was looking at this going like, I mean... I've been reading this for two weeks, trying to figure out this passage piggybacked in this context in this gospel at this point. In fact, I was listening to Chuck's message from 20 years ago on this chapter from a Sunday night, and he didn't say much about it. (laughs) But I'll tell you what I do see in spending time with the Lord on these last few verses. That generation could discern weather, but they didn't discern, discern that the Lord's time was now. And this generation can discern a lot of things in the information age, but we often don't discern it is the last days and the things that mark the last day. But that's not what has had me scratching my head for a few weeks. It's this make things right with your adversary on the way to the magistrate. But I do believe I understand why this is here. Because if Jesus is going to sound the trumpet for his church, he doesn't want us in unresolved litigation. If Jesus is coming for you tonight, he doesn't want you bitter and malicious towards someone and headed for court over this and that about some temporal thing that God would prefer that you just give it to him and let him resolve it. So the best application I can give you on the back end of this is since our treasures or our treasures, our heart will be also. And if our treasure is in heaven, we don't need God. We don't need to be fighting for our treasures on earth. God is the best lawyer. He is the best advocate and he's the best defense. And I look at this and he's just saying, you know what? Make sure you're ready for the day of the Lord. Make sure that you're not serving time somewhere because you couldn't resolve something amicably before you went before a judge that might be unrighteous and gives you a bad ruling. Just give it to the Lord. He'll always give you a good ruling. The arbitration. Now, some things are unavoidable because you, some things you just got to fight for them because there's battles we're called to fight. But you still give it to the Lord. And when you go through those things, the ability to forgive, to be gracious and not malicious is of the highest importance. That that character of Christ, that will of God for our life, that who is that faithful servant? The one who has not been embittered or become malicious. 
but the one who seeks to be a peacemaker, to make things right, to forgive those who've used them, who loves their enemies, forgives their enemies, and blesses those who curse them. We've already saw that in Luke chapter 6. That's the person, when the Lord comes, he's going to look at you and go like, man, you're so awesome. You forgave those people for that. You let that go. Your treasure's in heaven. We're good. Hey, it's your day. Remember when I said through Psalm 139 that the days are appointed for you when there's yet there's none? And I, and I told you that there's, they're like the sands of the sea. The hourglass is empty. This is your day. I've come for you. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have reflected me to your generation. You have forgiven those who have maliciously maligned you. You have prepared your heart for this day. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And now I'm going to show you what it's really all about from here to eternity. Welcome. Can't do better than that. Ready for the day of the Lord. Girded. Lamp burning. Ready. WG, that's how we're meant to live. Amen. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed.